Greetings and well met, people of the world. It is a somewhat dreary Wednesday, March 18th, 4.10 p.m. right now. Just getting out of work here. You know, I'm a teacher and we have been out of school since yesterday, a bit early. Spring break started a bit early because of the coronavirus. And so teachers, we've been in here today and we'll be in tomorrow and Friday as well to finalize plans for going fully online for the foreseeable future, perhaps for the rest of the school year. And so that's what we've been working on here and that's why I'm getting out a little bit later than my usual 3.30. And that's kind of a good thing to mention here is all this coronavirus stuff going around, it's it's crazy. It's... um, You know, it's obviously the number one news story that people are talking about, the number one thing that's going on. A lot of people are quarantined. A lot of people are just stuck at home doing, you know, perhaps working at home. For some people, not working at all because their job is such that where they work is just full on closed. And so uh, it's, it's different times, really crazy times. But I am thankful that I have family and I have friends and I have my faith to cling to in moments like this and able to realize that, you know, we're going to get through this. I know that a lot of people say that and maybe some people say it and they don't fully mean it. It's just they're trying to keep themselves sane. But I fully wholeheartedly know that as a nation, as a world, we will get through this. And in moments like this, we will come out stronger on the other side for having been through it. And, you know, a silver lining to all this going on here and um, is that a lot of people, you know, we're going to be stuck at home. A lot of people are going to have time to be more creative. A lot of people are going to have more time to do the things that they really love to do in terms of their hobbies. You know, I know a lot of people won't be able to. A lot of people that, you know, work in the medical field and, you know, even people that are doing, you know, all these people buying stuff on Amazon, someone's got to deliver those packages. So, you know, there's a lot of people that are still working full time and I get that. Um, But this is, uh, it's going to be an interesting time to see just what comes out of this quarantine, however long it lasts. And I know for me, I will be playing a lot of Hearthstone. And that is the sole topic of today's show. Today's show is about Hearthstone. That's crazy, right? Because this show is about Hearthstone. Now, okay, I I need to take a sip of coffee. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit tired from my basically eight hours of meetings today, but I am so incredibly psyched out of my mind for what we're gonna talk about today. But I'm gonna have a couple sips of coffee quick to help give me that extra little push. All right, now, disclaimer. Blizzard introduced today the most that they have ever introduced in a single announcement since the release of the game. You know, arguably maybe even bigger than the actual release of the game. You know, I I was listening to the Angry Chicken this morning. They put out an over three-hour episode, and their average is like an hour 25, hour 30, something like that. And so they went for a long time. I'm this episode's probably going to be longer than normal. 
I may even have to cut it a little bit short. I'm on my way to get my daughter. And I may have to do a super good editing thing where I just stop and then um, and then a moment later is then I keep talking because you guys don't know the difference, but I do because in the, in that little cut there was like three hours. We may do something fun like that. We'll see. But I'm going to try to work in chronological order here of how things, not necessarily how things were announced on the stream, but how things flow. And first of all, if you go back, because this is something I was like, I feel like I made this prediction, is there are a handful of things that I predicted a few episodes ago, so you guys should always listen to me, that are coming true. Most notable of which are um, changes to the classic set. Now, there isn't going to be a rotating set, at least not yet, but there were some sweeping changes to it, which we'll get into. And then there's a uh, something to do with uh, demons and, uh, you know, hunting and stuff that I called. Yes, I called. I, I listened back to my episode and I said, there's a 0% chance of this, but I'm going to say it with 100% certainty. So I think that's kind of somewhere in the middle. I half predicted because I was 100% sure they weren't going to do this, but then um, falsely and um, not convincingly trying to say that 100% they are going to do this. And um, demon hunters are coming to Hearthstone. I... Almost, like, actually no words. And this isn't Demon Hunters in the sense of, you know, how Death Knights were implemented a few years back in Knights of the Frozen Throne. No, this is a legitimate 10th class being added to Hearthstone, the first new class since release, since six years ago. And so I'm going to talk about that last because that's the thing that I'm the most excited about. And so I'm going to kind of just bullet point everything else that's been announced that's coming out up until Demon Hunters. And, and, you know, I'm going to take another sip of coffee here. Ah, the beautiful sounds of my Jeep blinker. Isn't that just lovely? Now, first off, the leak of this year being called the Year of the Phoenix was true. It was announced that this is the Year of the Phoenix. And to start things off, they gave us a roadmap, which Hearthstone has never done before. So they split the year into three phases each phase being kicked off with a brand new expansion. And so they've kind of announced that each phase is going to have its own kind of big thing that's going to be a part of it. And I I, you know, I don't know if I'm getting this exact order correctly, because remember, I'm talking in the car. I'm not going to be looking things up. But the first phase is going to be based around the Ashes of Outland, which is our new expansion. That's also going to be based around the new Demon Hunter class, And the other big thing being implemented are card pack changes and the ranked ladder update system and the changes to some classic stuff going on. Phase two, you know, built around an expansion that we don't know exactly what that one is yet, but perhaps has something to do with ethereals and whatnot. Um, The teaser image is very generic. It's just like a purple banner with a gem. So who knows? And the big thing there is that they say there's going to be a new game mode. They say it's probably not going to be as big as Battlegrounds, but it is going to be similar in scope and size to the arena, and it's going to utilize your card collection. So we're going to get a new game mode again in Phase 2, which is usually um, in the summer, kind of mid to late summer. Phase 3, they had stated, is going to be... Sorry, there's uh, people that are don't know how to use stop signs here. 
Phase three is going to kick off with an expansion that looks to be the Dark Moon Fair. You'll have to look it up online, but it looks exactly like basically the Dark Moon card back. And I have wanted a Dark Moon Fair expansion for a long time. But it's really crazy because I used to love speculating about what the upcoming expansions would be. And now that they've announced Demon Hunter as a 10th class, I, I honestly, like, I, I almost don't even care anymore about speculating about expansions because they've delivered something that I thought would never come to Hearthstone. And I am just elated and just on cloud nine. But Dark Moon Fair would be super fun. A very good lower choice for an expansion in Hearthstone. And they have a few other spell-locked things. They have kind of this lock and key around their what's coming next map. And so there's a few big things coming that we don't know about. And the timing looks like they will be announced at BlizzCon 2020. But one thing that we do know about that they're working towards starting in Phase 3 is a revamp to the progression progression system in Hearthstone and the adding of achievements, which is something that the community has asked about for a long, 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 long time. So I am very, very excited for that. I think that is, I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's, it's going to be great. And so that's kind of the roadmap that they gave us. And then, so let's highlight a couple of these that they went in depth on. So there is now, um, what did they call it? Triplicate protection for card packs. So what happened in the past is they implemented something where you cannot open two of the same legendaries. So let's say I'm opening classic packs and I open Prophet Velen. And let's say I open another pack and I get another legendary. It will not be Prophet Velen again until I've collected every single other legendary. So you can't open the same legendary twice. And they're now applying that to every single rarity that's applied to common, rare, and epic where you cannot get a triple, because, you know, legendaries you can only put one of in each deck. The other rarities you can put up to two. So you cannot get a triple of any of those cards until you've gotten every single other card of that rarity. So I cannot open, um, you know, another common card, a third common card of a certain one until I've opened all of the other common cards. It's very much going to help the, you know, free-to-play experience, and even those like me who are collecting where sometimes I'll get almost every single card in a set except for a random rare and like two epics or something. And it never really feels good to have to craft a bunch of those epics. Next is, uh, let's see, what was the next thing up here? Uh, the ranked ladder revamp. So in, let's see here, in practice, the ranked ladder is basically going to stay the same in terms of it's going to take as long as it would usually take to get from where you are on the ladder to legend. But they've changed kind of the path. Gone are the rank 50 to 25, rank 25 to legend. Now they're going with what's been done in basically every other Blizzard game and a lot of other well-known games. They're splitting it up into leagues. So there's going to be a bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, and legend league. And each of those... Um, kind of, um, I know I just said the word, different leagues. Each of them is going to split into 10 different ranks. So you can be Diamond 10 is the lowest in Diamond, and Diamond 1 is the highest in Diamond. And, you know, after I get through Diamond 1, now I'm in Legend. If I, you know, um, well, you can't actually drop out of Diamond 10. And so they're going to keep the ladder, um, what do you call it, the ladder uh, floors, the ranked floors. So if I'm 
at, you know, bronze 10, and then I get to bronze 5, I cannot drop below bronze 5. And then I get to silver 10, I can't go below silver 10. I get to silver 5, I can't go below silver 5. So they do them in chunks of 5, and those are your ranked floors. I think it's a really cool idea. I've never really understood why every other game was basically bronze through diamond, and Hearthstone was the one that was just random numbers. And so it's, it's going to be a little bit different in its makeup. And long and short of it is everyone, instead of being reset for ranks, like every regular season, everyone is going to be reset back to bronze 10. But where the difference is, is you're going to get some star multipliers is what they're going to be calling it. And so if I've never played a game of Hearthstone, I start on the ladder at bronze 10, I don't have any star multiplier. But if I was at Legend in the previous season, I'm going to have a, I think they said a 11 times star multiplier. So if I win a game at Bronze 10 and I was just currently Legend the season before, instead of getting one star when I win, I'm going to get 11. And if I can get on a win streak, I'm going to get 22 stars. So I'm going to be advancing very quickly out of Bronze 10 to get all the way back up towards Platinum, Diamond, to well on my way back to Legend. And... You know, the people that their rank is around Bronze 10, they're going to have a better time of playing players that are more along their skill. And so the MMR is partially based on, you know, Diamond 3, Platinum 4, but it's more so based on your star multiplier. Because if you have everyone at Bronze 10, and that's not fair to have someone who's brand new facing against someone who's legend. So if you have a zero star multiplier, you're not going to be playing against someone who has an 11 star multiplier. Those are legend players. So even at bronze 10, legend players will be playing against other legend players, other players that are in diamond and legend. So it's going to make the ladder climb much more equal, much more fair for those that aren't very... Um, you know, aren't that good at the rank ladder and for those that grind a lot and are very good at it. So, you know, the path is going to be a bit different, but they've been saying that it's basically the same amount of games that it would take usually to get to Legend. So that rank revamp is coming, and that is coming, um, I believe, in April. What did they say? No, yeah, it starts April 1st was what they said. It starts with the next season. And along with this ranked revamp, one reason why they're resetting people to Bronze 10 is they've implemented rewards at basically every five levels you go up. Bronze 10, Bronze 5, Silver 10, Silver 5, all the way up to Legend. And what happens is the rewards increase. And I believe it's something crazy by if you're able to reach Legend... At the end of the season, you're going to have anywhere between, you know, five, six different card backs. You're going to have seven different rare cards. You're going to have an epic card. And there's even first-time rewards. First time you get to Legend, you get a random classic legendary card. You know, they're, they're basically just wanting you to get more stuff. Because there was the end-of-season reward chest, which was always the thing. But all you would get was a card back. You'd get, you know, if you got to Legend you'd then get, you know, 100, 150 dust or whatever it was. You'd get a golden epic and two golden commons or something like that. But now, your rewards, you're getting much more. You're getting card packs. You're getting a bunch of rares. You're still getting an epic. And this is a part of Blizzard's wanting to push more, um, you know, easy-to-collect cards, ways in which you can more easily collect cards, something that is a bit more free-to-play friendly. And it's all a part of their 
you know, you can play Hearthstone and you don't have to sink tons of money into it. And you can be rest assured that those cards that you're going to be opening in those packs, they're not going to be cards that you already have because of the triplicate protection that they've now implemented. So literally, every time you open a card pack, it's going to be either a second of a card that you don't have a second of yet, or it's going to be something that is completely brand new, which is really cool, and I think that's gonna bring a lot of people back to the game. All right, so that's the ranked floor stuff. Now, let's talk about some Hall of Fame stuff, because they did announce the new Hall of Fame, and I believe I'm gonna get all of these right. The cards that are rotating from the classic set to the Hall of Fame, Leroy Jenkins, praise the Lord, get out of here, not going to miss you, thank you, bye, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Mountain Giant, Acolyte of Pain, Mind Control Tech, and um, oh gosh, what was the other one? Spellbreaker. All cards that in their own right, you know, it makes sense to me. You know, limiting the classic set to having one neutral silence. Acolyte of Pain, it's always been just, uh, if you need card draw, throw Acolyte of Pain in there. It doesn't matter if you're a warrior, if you're a mage, you know, whatever, you can probably utilize it. Mind Control Tech, it's just one of those swingy cards that is sometimes just not really fun to play against. Leroy Jenkins has been a part of OTK stuff since the beginning of time. And Mountain Giant as well. It's just kind of always played. So I feel actually really good about these changes. And, you know, if you have those cards, don't dust them. Because what's going to happen is I believe they announced on March 26th is when officially that Hall of Fame is going to happen. And they just rotate those cards to wild. And they just give you the dust that's equivalent to uh, creating those. So you don't lose your Leroy Jenkins. They just give you 1,600 dust for free. Or if you have a golden version, you get 3,200 dust for free. And now let's talk a little bit more about what they were doing with the classic changes. So I said that in my predictions, I had predicted some classic set changes and that's partially true. So there's no rotating set, nothing like that. But what they have done is they have completely revamped Priest's classic set, okay? So Priest, sorry, there's a lot of uh, cars right now and my throat is a little parched and I'm gonna have a little coffee because we all know that if you're thirsty, coffee absolutely helps to quench your thirst. It doesn't dry it out, contrary to popular belief. So Priest is getting a revamp. Priest has, off the top of my head, I believe it was, um, there's like four or five cards that, from their basic set that are getting changed. There's six cards, I believe, from the classic set that are getting Hall of Famed, and they're getting replaced. So the ones that are leaving... Again, uh, let's see if I can do this from my memory. Shadow Form is rotating. Um, Akonai Soul Priest. Holy Nova, not Holy Nova, um, Holy Fire, the one that deals five damage and heals you for five. Divine Spirit. Uh, Prophet Velen. And I believe there was one more. I, don't, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But anyway, all of those cards are now being replaced by new ones. I'm not gonna go through all the new cards that are being implemented into Priest, but suffice to say that Blizzard is sick of having to print new board wipes for Priest every single expansion. They've admitted that not all Evergreen classic set classes were created equal, and just through the movement of time, it seems as if Priests just isn't up to par with the other classes. So they're changing a lot of things. So, you know, Shadow or Death, destroy a minion with five attack or more, has, is going down from three mana to two. That's, that's a big swing. 
things like that. You have things like Power Word Shield that is going from one mana, draw a card, give a minion two health. It's going down to zero mana. It is only giving a minion, I think, plus three health or something like that, but it doesn't draw you a card anymore. So there's a lot of changes, a lot of things that are moving Priest away from the identity of doing face damage, doing just bursts of damage. They don't want Priest to do that. They want Priest to be a bit more manipulative, you know, adding cards to their hand from the opponent's deck and things like that. So I am very excited that they have reworked Priest, not just because Priest is my favorite class, but it's really going to help to give Priest a more firm identity, where as of, you know, the last handful of years, Priest has been kind of slotted into heavy control and combo type decks based on Prophet Velen and whatnot. So similar to regular Hall of Fame cards, if you have any of the Priest cards that are going Hall of Fame, you're going to get the equal dust value that it would make to craft those. You're just going to get that given to you and added to your account. So don't disenchant any of those. They're just going to get added. Okay, moving on here. Another thing that they are doing is in order to entice players to come back to the game, if you have not logged in in four months or more, or if you're a new player, they're going to give you a free deck. They've said that it's a competitive deck, it's going to have a lot of cards that are actual, legit, good cards. And you get to choose the class that you want. So if you haven't logged in in you know, over four months, or if you've barely even played anyway, might as well just make a new account. And I don't know, you're going to get a bunch of free stuff, honestly. You'll get that free deck. So if you've started out and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I want to I play more Rogue. Choose the Rogue competitive deck. They said you get all the cards in it. It's not just restricted to that deck. You can take those cards out of that deck, put them in a different one, kind of do whatever you want. And I think that's another really cool way that Blizzard is making the game a bit more approachable, a bit less daunting of, oh my gosh, there's so many things to collect, so many cards I've missed out. They're here to help you with that. All right, last thing that we're going to talk about real quick here is Ashes of Outland. So that is the next expansion that's coming out. April 7th is the release for that. And I'm gonna save my funny, awkward pause here because I gotta get my daughter here in a couple minutes. I'm gonna save my awkward pause here to talk about the most exciting thing, which is Demon Hunters. But I do wanna talk quickly about Ashes of Outland. So the expansion is set in Outland. So we have Illidan Stormrage, one of the main characters. We've got, I think her name is pronounced Vaj, Lady Vaj, something like that. It's like a snake Medusa type lady. And we have Kael'thas. We finally have Kael'thas. And Kael'thas is a neutral legendary that is free. If you log in right now, you're going to get him for free. He's a six mana card with an effect of your third spell each turn that you cast costs zero. So if you're a mage, you play this bad boy down. You maybe do a couple cheap spells and then boom, your Pyroblast is now zero mana. Deal 10 damage. So really cool card, sweet entrance animation. And while I'm on the talking about entrance animations, they've even updated entrance entrance animations for Maligos, Ysera, and Onyxia in the classic set. So that's really cool. And Ashes of Outland, some of the new mechanics coming with it are we have Prime Legendaries, which are kind of taken from White Eyes, from the Mean Streets, mean streets of Gadget Sand. White Eyes, what he was, he was a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five taunt for Shaman with Death Rattle. That when he died, you shuffle, uh, what was it, the Storm Guardian or something like that into your deck. And when you draw the Storm Guardian, he's a 5-mana 10-10 taunt, which is very powerful. And so what these Prime Legendaries are, 
you play them, and they're a good mid-range minion. You know, nothing crazy, but they're good, and you'd put them almost in a deck anyway. But when they die, they have a death rattle of shuffle the prime version into your deck. And when you pull out the prime version, it's something insane. So the warrior version one, I think, is it was like an 8-mana 10-10 with rush. And anytime it kills a minion, you gain 10 armor. That's a lot of armor. Really cool stuff. The other thing that is coming out with the expansion is, I don't remember the exact term, but it's Dormant Demons, where you play them, and they don't do anything for two turns. But after two turns, when they awaken, they unleash a very powerful effect. The one from Mages, it awakens and it does something. It was like two damage to all enemy minions, which is a very powerful effect. So it's kind of cool, and you get to set up a future turn, but then your opponent knows what's coming in a couple turns, and they can kind of prepare their board for what's happening. And that's Ashes of Outland. That's a normal expansion coming out. There's going to be solo adventure stuff. There is a pre-order bundle you can get now with a fancy card back. There's a Shaman Hero. and But the biggest thing of it all is Demon Hunter. And I'm going to save talking about Demon Hunter for after I pick up my daughter and... Um, you know, my, I'll try to have this be as seamless as possible here, okay, um, with my candor and my excitement, but uh, we'll see. I might, be, I might be here for a little while with my daughter, so, um, but we're going to talk Demon Hunters, so just stay put. And just like that... By the power of super magic, we are back. And now we've got an added addition to Card Talk. We've got a groaning baby who is trying to fall asleep in my backseat. Chloe is, um, she was slightly interrupted from her nap. And now she's in the backseat trying to get back to her nap. It is now 6.20 and we are on our way home. And we're going to get this little baby to full-on sleep. But uh, we may be hearing some grunts, perhaps a little yelp or two. But, you know, I imagine I give this five, ten minutes and she'll be, she'll be out, out in the dream world. And now, let's get to the main event here of this episode. The creme de la creme, the cherry on top the butter on the biscuit, the Diablo sauce with the quesarito. Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter. You know, I told my wife about Demon Hunter because my wife, God bless her, she is the best. Absolutely the best. She is not a gamer by any means. She'll play uh, sometimes racing games. She mainly she does enjoy some board games, which is fun. But when it comes to video games, she is not a fan. But she does listen to my random Hearthstone ramblings at times, especially because I don't have any real life in real life friends that I see often enough that play to kind of talk about new stuff with. And so what basically happens is I tell my wife what's happened and uh, she'll just listen and smile and say, that's awesome, babe. And I, I guess that's enough for me to feel good about myself. And then I've talked and I've uh, I got it off my, off my chest. But I shared with her that demon hunters are coming. And she actually thought that's pretty cool. 
mainly because she used to listen to a band called Demon Hunter back in the day. Anyone ever listen to Demon Hunter? I've never listened to Demon Hunter. I don't know what kind of music they are. Uh, based on what my wife used to listen to, I'm assuming they're uh, like a hardcore heavy metal band of some sort called Demon Hunter. But in Hearthstone, in the world of Warcraft, Demon Hunters are... This is my. This is a little lore about the Demon Hunter, the new 10th class for Hearthstone. And again, this is based on... I have never played Legion for World of Warcraft. I don't know a ton about the lore of Warcraft, aside from the things that I look up online on Wowpedia, or, you know, sometimes I'll watch a YouTube video or two. And basically what I have gleaned from what Demon Hunters are is they were once night elves. Can high elves be demon hunters? I don't know. They were once once night elves that have, in many cases, lost something. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's just something that they were pursuing, and they, for some reason, turned towards demonic power to get the strength that they felt like they were lacking naturally. And so you have Illidan, who is the original demon hunter. Again, if I'm off on this lore, I'm so sorry, but this is kind of my general knowledge, is that Illidan um, felt like he didn't have enough power to defeat the Legion, the Burning Legion. And so through the power of the Skull of Gul'dan, it kind of infected Illidan and turned him into the very first demon hunter. And so Illidan, he is part demon and kind of part night elf, kind of a normal guy. And what the general idea of the demon hunter is, is that they are not fully demons in and of themselves, but they are enough demon to harness demonic energy. But they are also sane enough to control that in a way. That's, again, my kind of loose understanding of it. So overall, I think it's a very cool kind of concept. I've always been a fan in movies and stories of those people that have to become the evil in order to defeat it. I don't know. It's, I've always thought that's um, pretty interesting. People that sacrifice themselves for their loved ones, but in doing so, they themselves have gone crazy or mad or whatever. And... So you have Illidan, and he's trained up his kind of army of the, what is called, Illidari. And they are followers of Illidan, and so he has this army of demon hunters. And Outland is kind of his realm, at least back in the Burning Crusade, and so on and so forth. And overall, demon hunters, they are agile, they are fast, they are quick, they do harness, you know, demonic energy. I don't know if that's also considered fell energy or if fell and demonic energy is different. Maybe it's the same. It's both green, so in my mind it's the same. And so it seems as if, from what I've heard, that the Hearthstone version of Demon Hunter very much reflects the Demon Hunter version for World of Warcraft. Now, what makes Demon Hunters unique in Hearthstone is their hero power. Their hero power is the very first standard class hero power to only cost one mana. So right away on turn one, you can play it. And what it is, is it's called Demon Claws, and it gives the hero, Illidan, one attack. You can use it right away, hit the opponent in the face, because that's probably the only thing that's on the board at the time, unless they have a one drop and you want to hit that for one. 
And the general idea here that develop, the developers have talked about that is that the hero power makes demon hunters feel extremely unique in the sense that you're always weaving in your hero power and you're always attacking, much like in World of Warcraft, much like Illidan and how he plays in Heroes of the Storm even. Flipping around enemies, attacking here, attacking there, doing a special attack and then flipping back and doing this. Very agile and very unique. And one thing that I think is really cool, lore-wise, I've been thinking about this, is you have Illidan, who granted, I, he, I don't think he ever was a druid, I believe initially he was a mage, but he was a night elf, and he is the brother to Malfurion, who is the druid hero in Hearthstone. And druid's hero power, so Malfurion's, his brother's hero power, is two mana, gain one attack, gain one armor. And now you have Illidan, who is Malfurion's brother, but Illidan is half demon. And so his hero power is half of his brother's. Half the cost, and instead of getting one attack and one armor, you only get the attack, which reinforces that whole idea of demon hunters attack. It's not just gain one armor, no, it's gain one attack, because he's moved towards that demonic energy. Next thing about demon hunters that's going to make them very unique is they're coming with their own class keyword, and that keyword is outcast. Now there are a handful of other Hearthstone classes that have their own keywords, Shaman has Overload, Druid has Choose One, you even have a handful of classes. You have Paladin, Hunter, and Mage, and Rogue occasionally that have Secrets, kind of each class having their own keyword. And so for Demon Hunter, that keyword is Outcast. And basically what Outcast does is you will have a card. One of the examples is it's a one mana card and it silences a minion. One mana silence a minion not extremely powerful. I mean, Priest has a zero mana silence minion, but the Demon Hunter's version, for one mana, you can silence a demon, but then it has Outcast draw a card. So for one mana, you can silence a minion and draw a card, but the Outcast kicker is that to get the Outcast effect to draw that card, it either has to be at the leftmost side of your hand or the rightmost card when you cast it. So if you top deck it, it's at the right of your hand, so you're going to get that outcast. Or, if you have it at the leftmost, which is the card you've kept around the longest, then you'll get that outcast effect. So what you end up having is this kind of dance of cards, where let's say you have a very powerful card with outcast, and it's third to the left. And now what's going to happen is, those two cards to the left, where otherwise you'd maybe hang on to them for certain situations, wait for a board state to be a certain way, Maybe now your strategy is you're trying to get rid of those faster so you can move your outcast card to the far left and get that extra effect. And from what I've heard from people that have been playing Demon Hunter, even the developers that built the class, they say it adds a very, like, um, a strong amount of complexity to the class in a way that doesn't initially seem apparent. And it really takes you playing it to really go, wow, this actually is, there's a lot of strategy involved with this. And now some lore things that I think are really cool about just the term outcast itself is, yeah, some of it's kind of emo, but demon hunters consider themselves to be the outcasts of society. You know, they're all about sticking to themselves. They're all kind of got this emo vibe going on. But the cool thing of taking outcast, not just in the sense that demon hunters are outcast from society, society doesn't really accept them, is that in your physical hand, the cards that get the effect are on the outside of your hand, and you cast it to get the effect. 
leftmost card in your hand, rightmost card in your hand. They are the outer cards, you cast them, and you get an added effect. Another thing that's kind of cool is Demon Hunters, their main weapon of choice in lore are Warglaives. And Warglaives, they always use two of them. They kind of dual wield them. And they're often found slicing both of those kind of at the same time doing kind of circular attacks. And if you think of your hand in Hearthstone and you have your leftmost and your rightmost card, those are your Warglaives. Those are your weapons that are going to do the extra damage that you need. And, you know, maybe I'm just looking too much into it and digging too deep, but I'm definitely one of those people, like I've said, that I like the story of cards. I like the story of classes. And I think it's a very unique way to do the class. Now, to get into a couple of the cards, I'm not going to go through all of them. And pardon, I, I don't remember really any of the names of these. I just remember some of the effects. But I have, like, the one that I already shared that's Silence a Minion for one mana, Outcast Draw a Card. Oh, sweetie. It's okay, babe. I don't know, little Chloe, she's so tired. She's a good girl, though. And then you have, uh, there's one called Metamorphosis, which is coming in the Ashes of Outland. Or, sorry, Ashes of Outland. And what Metamorphosis is, it's a legendary spell. Metamorphosis is a an ability, I know it at least from Heroes of the Storm, where it can be their level 10 alt where you turn and you basically go full demon, where you tap even deeper into that demonic energy and you almost become a full-fledged demon. Maybe you do, I don't even know. In Heroes of the Storm, it feels like you get like 80% of the way towards becoming a demon or something like that. But what it does in Hearthstone, like I said, it's a five mana legendary spell. I'm gonna be crafting this bad boy in gold in day one. And what it does is it turns your hero power into, I forget what it's called, it's like demonic blast or something. But it turns your hero power into one mana still, because that's the Demon Hunter's thing, one mana hero power, deal five damage. But after you use it twice, it goes back to Demon Claws, your regular one. So for five mana, you're investing into a greater hero power that you're gonna be able to use over the next two turns, or just at least over the next two uses of when, when you wanna use that hero power. Sorry, I'm turning around and trying to help Chloe get her pacifier. So let's say you play it one turn, and let's say you have six mana. So you use it right away, you deal five damage. Next turn, you use it again for one mana, you deal five damage, it flips back to Demon Claws, now you can use that hero power again. And I really like this idea of a temporary hero power, because if you think of it, it's it can be a seven mana Pyroblast, which is a 10 mana cost for mage for 10 damage. And you can weave it wherever you want. You can shoot that at a minion, you can shoot it at the enemy hero. You can really go anywhere with it that you so choose. And that's seven mana, but the thing is, is you have to spread it out over at least two turns. Now, one cool combo that I was thinking of is you throw Archmage Vargoth in a deck with Demon Hunter. And what Archmage Vargoth does is he casts whatever spell you cast at the end of the turn. And so you have Vargoth, he's four mana. Metamorphosis is five, and your hero power only costs one. So for 10 mana, you can play Metamorphosis, ping that five damage, play Archmage Vargoth, and he's going to replay Metamorphosis. So now you've gone from only being able to use that five damage hero power twice to now you get to use it three times. Maybe not a crazy bonkers combo, but I think it may be worth putting Vargoth in a Demon Hunter deck. A couple other notable cards that stood out to me 
is there was a, I believe a four mana five three minion with rush. But if it has, if you use the outcast effect, if it's on the rightmost card in your hand, you top deck it or the leftmost card, it goes from being a rush, five attack, three health, to having all the same things but immune, meaning nothing can hurt it for the turn that you play it. So you can run it into a minion, kill the other minion, and now you're left with a five three. That's extremely powerful. There's another one, it's a one mana two two. And any time that you attack, that minion gains one attack. So it's kind of your attack is infusing this demon as well. And so you're getting a kind of a flame imp as long as you can weave in another hero power. And that's the beauty of the demon hunter is that the hero power, it's one mana, you can weave that in all the time. That's what made Gen Greymane decks so powerful with the Witchwood set, is even though you had to make your deck only even cost cards to get the start of game effect from Gen that makes your hero power cost one for the rest of the game, it was so powerful that there were, there were a lot of even decks that did very well. Because you can weave one mana in basically all the time. Oh, and thinking of Gen, that reminded me. So they unnerfed a bunch of wild cards. And they unnerfed the two cards in wild that I was so mad that they got nerfed in the past. They unnerfed Raza the Chained. So Raza's now back to if your deck has no duplicates for Priest, your hero power costs zero for the rest of the game. And Yogg-Saron is back, you guys. So what Yogg-Saron they changed him to was if Yogg killed himself in the process of casting all of his random spells, then he would stop. They reverted it to its initial and original form, where if he kills himself, he just keeps casting. Because he's the god of death, and he's crazy, man. He is hope's end. Anyway, really excited about that. Now, the way you get Demon Hunter, Demon Hunter is going to be 100% free on April 2nd. They are going to release kind of a prologue story for Illidan. You're going to go through four major fights as Illidan, and it's going to take you through his lore and his story, where he started as a mage and how he ended up ultimately as the first demon hunter. After you, you know, play through those missions, you're going to get demon hunter as a class for free. And you are going to get the 10 cards from the basic set, and then they've come out with what they're calling the initiate set which are 20 cards that are made specifically to kind of help Demon Hunter get ready and get uh, get going and competitive for the upcoming standard year. And you're going to get all of those. So you're getting 30 cards for free and a free Demon Hunter, and now you have a class and you've unlocked all of their cards. Yes, the new expansion Ashes of Outland will come out, and you'll have to collect those, but there's only 15 of them. And so one thing that's also kind of cool... And so the initiate set is actually going to rotate with the year of the dragon. So it's really only going to be in the standard rotation for a little bit, uh, for about a year. So what they're doing instead is, so then this year for the year of the phoenix, of the three expansions, every class gets 10 cards. But Demon Hunter is going to be getting 15 for each expansion this year. So by the end of, you know, this Hearthstone standard year, let's say for instance, Hunter is going to have 30 new cards through the course of the expansions. But Demon Hunter is going to have 45, and that's to help boost them because their initiate set of only 20 cards is 10 less from what all the other classes got the year before. So where the year before they had all the classes had 30, they're counting Demon Hunter's initiate set kind of as, think of it as the cards they would have gotten from the year of the dragon. But so come the end of the year of the Phoenix, Demon Hunters will have had, I think, five more cards than all the other classes. And then what Blizzard's going to do is at that time, 
they're going to come out with an actual classic set for Demon Hunter. And they haven't really figured that out, what card's going to be in there yet. They're going to see how this year goes. Now, one thing that I love about Illidan and I love about Demon Hunters is this has broken down the doors. This is something that Blizzard has said basically from day one that they probably will never do. They like how there's nine classes. They think it's already hard enough to balance nine classes. But the new Blizzard, my gosh, they have said, you know what? We're done with these arbitrary rules that we've come up for, with for ourselves. We are going to change. We're going to adapt. We are going to do something that fans would never expect. And this is something we would never expect. But now the precedent is set. And in developers' comments, they've said that Demon Hunter and how we were developing it is kind of the first one that we wanted to do. And they were talking in such a way that Demon Hunter is not the end. They don't want to just add a 10th class and now that's it for Hearthstone. They are open to other classes. And so, you know, my mind immediately goes to, are we going to get Death Knights, like a full-fledged version of them, not just the hero cards from Knights of the Frozen Throne? Are we going to get Monk? You know, are we going to get, uh, what's his name, Chen Storm, uh, Chen Storm Stout or whatever from Mists of Pandaria? Are we going to get Lili? You know, I only know these guys from Heroes of the Storm. Um, anyway, I, I think Monk would be really cool. Death Knights would be awesome, of course. But they said they wanted to make sure if they implemented a new class that it would feel unique enough compared to the others. And so what must have happened in testing is Death Knight perhaps felt a bit too similar to, you know, I'm assuming they were doing some Resurrect stuff, but also kind of... Uh, a bit of a warrior in a way and so maybe some paladin things just felt too close to it maybe even some priest things monk maybe just felt a bit too much like I, I don't know maybe rogue felt a bit too much like monk kind of like weird sneaky shenanigans but I don't know it's interesting because demon hunter was the last of the three hero classes in warcraft to be introduced the way they came out in world of warcraft was death knight monk demon hunter and I don't know if that's just to get hype built up. Demon Hunters are the most recently new class in World of Warcraft. Maybe that's to really get people hyped and coming back. But what I'm excited for is not so much for Death Knights or Monks to come back. I'm very excited to see an original Hearthstone class. And I wouldn't put it past the team at this point. You know, Hearthstone has done such a good job at creating its own lore at creating its own characters and stories and these things that we can cling to i mean you think of things like most recently the league of evil and before that the league of explorers and you have you know uh bachelor medivh in the one night in karazhan and all these memorable characters that yes a lot of them based on warcraft but what if hearthstone came up with its own class what would that look like you know for me my mind immediately goes to that first expansion goblins versus gnomes in thinking about how Hearthstone is kind of this weird, wacky game, and what if we had a class that's something like Tinker? You know, I think of Gazlo from Heroes of the Storm, someone who utilizes not just mechs, but weird gadgets and attachments, different from spare parts, but, you know, perhaps they have a hero power that's a bit more expensive, maybe it's three mana, but you get to build a, a little robot, or I guess maybe mechs would be a synergy for them. Either way, I think now the door's wide open, and this is no longer something that's off the table. And that is something that is very exciting for the future of Hearthstone, is that they, you know, with Demon Hunter out, what are they going to do next? 
And then even going back to earlier talking about achievements and changing up progression and new game modes and you know all these different things that the team had said they would never do, they are now doing. And so I have faith that even in the next couple to few years, we may see an actual tournament client. Tournament mode was attempted and it was scrapped, but I think this new team, they're, um, they're up for the challenge and they're gonna try another swing at it. Whether we ever see that come to fruition, who knows. But that is all the news for that's, uh, what's been coming out lately. Uh, a couple dates coming up. I, like I said, I believe March 26th is when all that Hall of Fame stuff is going to happen. The Ashes of Outland expansion is coming out April 7th, which is a Tuesday. The week before that, April 2nd, is when you can unlock Demon Hunter. Oh my gosh, there's literally a group of people just walking in the middle of the road. What the heck? There's literally a group of like six women walking in the middle of the road in my neighborhood. That was very weird. Don't they know about the coronavirus? <sighs> Sorry, I don't mean to make, make light of that. Um, and I don't even remember where my thoughts were. But I think, you know, last year, the year of the dragon, was the most exciting time for Hearthstone in its history. So many new things happened. So many things changed. And I really didn't think we could top it or go, go above that. I mean, because how could you? they had done so much and yet here comes hearthstone right out of the gate in 2020 swinging hard swinging fast new class demon hunter and i just i couldn't be more excited boy i remember what i was talking about april 2nd you unlock your demon hunter april 7th is when you can take that onto the ladder and get those five and you know race to 500 wins get illidan golden We've been hearing from developers that the thousand win portrait for Illidan is crazy. Celestalon has said it is his single most favorite piece of Hearthstone art of all time, which is bananas. And so I'm really excited to work my way towards a class and progressing them again to 500 wins, getting it to a thousand, getting that ranked win portrait. And I love this idea that you know, a lot of people have compared Demon Hunter to being a mixture of Rogue and Warlock. You know, they attack quick like Rogue, they're a little shifty, but then they also can utilize demons and big demons at that for control. And Warlock is one of my favorite classes. And Rogue is something that I've never been like fully in love with, but I've always wanted to like it. And so I think once I start playing Demon Hunter, it's gonna hit a nice sweet spot. And I'm going to be playing a lot of Demon Hunter coming up here. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. Now, to end all this, we absolutely, positively, need to end with a joke. And the joke of the day is, why did the coffee taste like mud? Why did it taste like mud? Well, because it was ground just a couple minutes ago. <laughs>